All right. All right. Good morning. Hey guys. How about some uh how about some good news this morning? Sometimes we, we come together and we have bad news we've got to share, but we've uh we've got a praise uh that I wanna uh have a brother Marcus share with you this morning. Marcus, come give us some good news, man. Every day is a blessing from the Lord, use it wisely. Uh, a couple of months ago I was diagnosed with um lung cancer. And they found out it wasn't lung, can- lung cancer after all. I got um, a false diagnosis. So all I got to do now is pay UAB $10,000 and I'm fine. Isn't that good news though, man? We said uh, we prayed for uh, healing. And man, we got even better news is that uh, it was a false diagnosis. So that's, that's the kind of news we'd like to have on a on a Sunday morning gathering together. So thank you, Marcus. I appreciate you sharing this morning. Well, it's good to be with you this morning. Who enjoyed that fried chicken this morning? Man, that's good stuff. I was tempted a lot of times to cut over there in line on that, man. It's looking good stuff. And those green beans, Bo, green beans, come on, look good. All right, so... Uh, Last week, uh, we were back in our series in uh, Hebrews, um, taught, with, uh, taught with actually a couple this morning that, that have uh, shared with me some things that God has spoken to them over the series, and so that's always awesome to hear, so thank you, thank you for that. Uh, but last week, we were talking, we came out of the birth of Moses. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, you remember that story, right? That there was these uh, parents... It's really more a story about the faith of Moses' parents than it was Moses. The king's edict, right, to throw all the male-born children into the Nile River. But instead of doing so, instead of throwing him into the river, they gently placed him in a basket and floated him down the river. And with God's providence and protection, he floated to Pharaoh's daughter, right? And it didn't stop there. Remember the servant girl that said, would you like for me to go and find a Hebrew nursing woman to take care of the child? And she said, yes, that would be a wonderful idea. And again, God's providence goes down the road and gets Moses' mother to take care of the child. And so she still gets to be involved in that process. And then we went from the birth of Moses into really more getting into the life of an adult Moses, that he gets to a place where it says that he would, not, he would refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but instead chose to be mistreated with God's people just to be on the side of faith and what he felt was right. Now, both of these situations, I asked the question, why? Why did his parents say we are unafraid of the king edicts? And, and why did uh, Moses himself say, instead of staying here and living this lavish lifestyle, I would choose rather to be mistreated, to be with God's people? Both of the answers is faith. That complete trust and confidence in someone. In both of these cases, in fact, someone, complete trust and confidence in someone they could not see versus the very real threat that they could see. They were unafraid. That was faith, right? This complete trust and confidence in God. And we know that Moses then leaving on his own accord, leaving the lavish lifestyle of Pharaoh's palace 
and then choosing to be mistreated with God's people. We know that leads to a burning bush experience where Moses is literally having a conversation with God. God tells him, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground, and I've got a mission for you. Remember that whole story of, I want you to go to the most powerful man in all the world, and I want you to say, let my people go. And Moses said, who am I? And God reminded him, it's far less about who you are. I am who I am. Tell him that. And so maybe even a note there for our life, if you're facing something that seems like this uh, overwhelming task that God has called you to, or just even the lifestyle of a believer that God has called you to, maybe focus less on who you are and more on who He is. Amen? He is who He is. I am who I am. He was then. He will be tomorrow. He will be the next day. The great I am. And so that led to Moses having this calling of let my people go. And I wanted to remind you of those things again because I've used this word the last few weeks. This ripple effect off of one small act of faith for generation after generation after generation. And the same could be said of you and I that our faith has this ripple effect in our family's lives, in the lives of our friends, in the lives of our church, maybe even in the lives of our city, our county, our state, our nation, and our world. Just by a small act of faith. So let's look at today's story and then we'll get into the Old Testament part of uh, this reference. So Hebrews 11.28, let me read it this morning again, talking about Moses. It says, by faith, there's those two words again, by faith. Faith, by complete trust and confidence in God, he, meaning Moses, kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. I thank you for each and every heart that is here this morning or may be watching online. We pray your blessings over everyone, uh, no matter where they're at. If they've yet to begin a relationship with you, we pray that starts today. If that's already ongoing, we pray that it just grows uh, even closer in intimacy with you. And so, Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we need you. We pray and we ask this in your name. Amen. All right, so we see this story and on its own. This could sound really weird, right? That by faith, he keeps this Passover, sprinkles blood over his door so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Now, without context, or if you don't know the rest of the story, that's kind of an odd verse to even celebrate or kind of an odd verse to even say, I, I don't understand what's being talked about there. So I want to take you back to the Old Testament and talk to you about a real historical event that happened. But here's what I want you to do for me. As we go on this trip and as we look at this, I want to say two things. It's a rather long passage of Scripture. Don't let that take you out. I pray that you'll sit here, that you'll listen, not to my words, but to the words of the Holy Spirit. But two, I want you to view it through this lens. This is not just a historical retelling of a factual event that happened, but an event that needs to happen in your and my life as well. Everybody with me on that? So the two things, long passage, and it's not just a historical retelling, okay? There is some foreshadowing here. I mean, a, a very literal term, a literary term, foreshadowing of this predicting of an event or, or a certain outcome, uh, an indication of a future event is what's going to happen in this uh, reading today. 
And so I want you to hear it through that lens that there must be this same moment that happens in your life. I'm not talking about Marty McFly in it and getting into DeLorean and going back in time and you've got to be in this moment, but there needs to be a Passover moment that has happened in your life. Mandatory. If you want to live with the king, by faith, there must be this same type of Passover moment. So keep that in mind this morning as we read. So starting at Exodus chapter 12, I'm going to start at the first verse. It says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month for you shall be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Listen to this, see if this sounds familiar for your foreshadowing. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month when the whole assembly in this congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head with its leg and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until morning. Anything that remains until morning, you shall burn. In this manner, you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of of Egypt. So I know that's a long passage. I know we can kind of get lost in that, but I want to take you to a place where I believe again that we must have this same Passover moment in our hearts and in our life. Here's the spoiler alert. I want everybody to check this because this is the most serious thing that I could ever talk to you about. The spoiler alert is this, is that one day you and I will have to give an account over what you've put your complete trust and confidence in. It's not something we like to talk about, but you realize one day you will leave this life and go to the next, and you will have to give an account what you have put your complete trust and confidence in. It's very sobering, right? That's a sobering moment to think about, but you will have to give an account of what covering you've put on the doorpost of your heart. And think about it, what are you counting on? You see, this Passover was a very real historical event, and we've read the retelling of it today, but you too, I am as well, are in need of this same type of Passover. And I want to tell you, it also is a life or death type event. I want to tell you this, 
with 100% assurance in my mind from the Scripture that Jesus is your Passover lamb. Jesus is my Passover lamb. You see, this wasn't just a historical retelling. This is foreshadowing of an even greater thing to come. Yes, this was a, a salvation moment for the people of Israel because we know, and we'll talk about it more next week, it gets into this amazing Exodus event, this event that they would continue to have to live by faith. But it's not just a historical retelling. This is a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ, the Passover Lamb. If you don't uh, remember him being discussed as this, if you go way back, we did a series in John. And in the first chapter of John, it gets to a place where this John the Baptist, this wild character, he's out and he's doing his ministry. And if you remember, a man by the name of Jesus Christ walks by and he says this to his disciples. He points him out. He says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Anybody remember that passage? The wording there, the lamb, is the same wording that is used here as the Passover lamb. John is saying, right there is our Passover lamb. You remember the story? Like he's talking to an audience that was very familiar with this Hebrew exodus of Egypt, this grand story of this Passover moment that they still celebrated. They celebrated it because God was having them look for the Messiah that was to come. He's saying there's a Passover lamb that's coming and it's not just going to be for your physical salvation from a nation like Egypt, but it is going to be eternal consequences of this Passover lamb. Again, I want to take you back to the story. Moses is told by God to go and tell the people of Israel, I want you to take a lamb and kill it. I want you to take the, the blood and I want you to put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of your house and when you do I will see it as a sign and I will pass over that household no danger will come it's pretty simple to see the foreshadowing right that if we too accept the blood of Jesus but by the way the hard part is done everybody look this way his blood has already been shed it's already happened his blood has been shed for you you just have to believe that's all you have to do you say, that's the blood I want covering my heart. When that moment comes, when I have to stand before Him, I don't want it to be my religion that covers my heart. I don't want it to be my church membership. I don't want it to be that my family were believers. I don't want it to be in science. I don't want it to be in, in my good works outweighing my bad. If you're not counting on Jesus to be the blood that covers your heart, then what's covering it? The unfortunate news is if it's not Him, it's going to lead to death. Anything outside of Christ leads to death, not just in this life, but in life eternal, that you will be separated from God without the blood of the Passover lamb covering your heart. And so this horrific event of the cross has already happened. The blood of Jesus has already been shed, but you must choose if this will be the covering on your heart, or if you'll go your own way. Can I ask you a question this morning? It's probably setting me up here. Uh, but if you know me, do you believe I love you? I mean, do you believe that? Like, I, I hope you do, because I do. I love this family. I love being out here. Can I lovingly share something with you? 
Make no mistake, when you leave this life, when I leave this life, I believe that we are absent from the body and present with the Lord. But the moment is for those who believe, they have said, He is my Passover lamb. His blood is the covering over my heart. No good deed that I could do. No religion, no church membership. I'm counting on Christ alone in that moment. That His blood covers my heart. But if not, if you're standing there in a moment and saying, you know what, I just maybe this is all make-believe. Maybe we just die and then that's it. Maybe that's the, the whole point of life. We just die and then it's over. Or maybe you think it's, you know, some kind of new age and science twist and things. And, or maybe you think that God is too loving to send anyone to hell so anything will count. I'm telling you though, Jesus talks an awful lot about He's the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through Him. There's no other way. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing if we felt like everybody, no matter their beliefs here on earth, that they are going to be in eternity with God in heaven? I just don't believe the Bible teaches that. I believe it teaches that you've got a choice. Will He be your Passover lamb? Will He be the covering for your heart? Or will you choose to go your own way and cover it with something else? I pray that if you would make that choice, His blood, that covering will lead to an abundant life here on earth and an everlasting life with Him. And any covering on your own will lead to death. Here's the crazy part about that, and I'll say this in closing. The sacrifice, the hard part's already been done. It was done by Jesus. Something you couldn't do, something I couldn't do, something we wouldn't have done. Many of us wouldn't even make that move for the people we know and love, much less all the people that we dislike or maybe even feel like we hate. Or how about the ones that were actively nailing Jesus to the cross? What did He say? Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Even forgiveness was available for them. Now don't sit here one and tell me it's not available for you. If Jesus can forgive the actual people nailing Him to the cross, I'm pretty sure that He can handle your sin as well. So the sacrifice has been made, but the choice is yours. And so here's the choice. Jesus or something else? I'm telling you, I believe this with 100% certainty that Jesus is the only one that leads to life. Something else will lead to death. So your choice is life or death. Jesus or something else. And I want to tell you this, that God is gracious, but you shouldn't wait. Don't put it off. If God's telling you, man, you know what He's saying is right. You know that I need to be your Passover lamb. Don't try to go on this alone. If He's telling you that today, bow the knee today because one day you will, but if you don't do it here on this earth, in the here and now, it's too late. There's no second chances. Everybody understand what I'm saying? You may not agree, but you understand this morning? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for this day, and it's my prayer that every person out here if they didn't today, that by now they know You as Lord and Savior. And if not, that they would just not rest until they come to grips with that decision that, Jesus, it's either You or something else that's going to cover the doorpost of our heart. And Jesus, You are the one that leads to life. Everything else leads to death. And so may we choose life today over death. We can, any of us, 
Doesn't matter what we've done, what we're doing, or what we will do. The grace of Jesus is sufficient. And I'm so thankful for that because I deserve death and hell. Your word tells us that, that we've all sinned and fallen short and that the wages of that sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And so again, before we say amen, the choice is clear. It is Jesus or something else. That's the only two choices. The something else we can feel with all kind of things, but if it's not Jesus, then it leads to death. And so the choice is there today, life or death. Jesus, please be with my friends and have us all choose life today. And then those of us that have already chose life, let us choose to walk in that life. To be people that, just like we've been reading about for so, so long now in Hebrews 11, that we would be a people of faith that live and walk and operate by faith. Those two words, complete trust and confidence in you. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we love you. May we choose life today and every day over death. We pray and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.